Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Welcome Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Hope you're all doing well. And I've just been sitting here pondering... Pondering had a really good Monday game, by the way. We did uh, first, first, first session of Astonishing Swordsmen and Sources of Hyperborea with my friend Carlos GMing, and we had a really good time. We <laughs> we had another berserker in our party this time, Jimbo. And after we fought some troglodytes, we realized with the berserker in our party, we have an excellent chance of TPKing ourselves because we couldn't seem to snap him out of the berserk after the fight was over. <laughs> and we, we lost, we, two of our guys went down, and fortunately, he was only berserk for three rounds after the fight. So I guess that delayed him enough, and we managed to get everybody back. <laughs> but it's like, wow, that was close. We got to watch that. And we need a cleric, so anyway... I was thinking about convicts again, convention, but convention is still fresh in my mind. I had a gangbusters game, which was not my best game because it was just, I don't know, Saturday night games at the convention is just, it's hard if I'm running them. I think I'm going to give up running on Saturday night conventions or Saturday afternoon conventions for that matter, because it's just, it's. I don't know, it's kind of draining after about two, two and a half days of either running or playing. I think I'll just play for now, but, but it can really be draining, especially if it's in near the early evening and everything wants to end at midnight because of the, the midnight auction. So, anyway. Well, like I said, it wasn't my best showing and the players, God love them, they were trying, but for some reason, we just could not be, form a cohesive whole, if you know what I mean. It came to a conclusion. The story came to a conclusion. Something I'd run before, but just it just was nothing was meshing. You ever had that, those, those sessions where just nothing is meshing and you have to really push the game or push the players to get to some kind of satisfactory conclusion, give them enough th- things to do, mainly th- enough things to do. Now, Gangbusters does not really promote group cohesion, mainly because people may be on different sides of the law or some other business or something where they go off, if you present them with a problem, they go off in their own directions. And it's not like they're getting together like Scooby-Doo and comparing clues. Hey, gang, let's go over here type of thing. Because I had at my table... My friend Vince, who was playing a mobster, we had a policeman, a speakeasy owner, a getaway driver, and a private eye. Well, the private eye had to leave after a while, but that that's what they had. And especially if you're playing, I used to say only people, you only get to play in law enforcement, no gangsters. But I kind of eased up on that rule a bit after I saw the templates version that Mark Hunt did because there are some people there that kind of skirt the law that could be very handy for the group for for solving the the puzzle if they have access to shadier parts of the town that most people like law enforcement don't so they have to 
they have they they do their own thing. So I've I've le- I've eased up on it a bit. I still don't want out and out monsters, even though I mean my friend Vince he did it just because I told him I didn't want him to do it. But you know I'm I was gonna you know give him a pass on that. But it just everybody's going off in their own direction, and it just got to an effort where I, they had the clues and I kept having to push them. You know, okay, what do you do? Um, and but I found the key to it is the key to to non-group cohesion is move the spotlight. And this takes a little bit of adroitness on on the game master's part because they have to kind of either keep track on on notes or to keep track in their head and stuff who's doing what and what clues to throw where. Because basically, you just keep moving the spotlight. What do you do? What do you do? What are you doing about this? How is? And I'm not averse to breaking off mid-scene. One character find out what's going on. Meanwhile, on the other side of town with these characters, it's not an easy juggling act, but it can be done. You just got to make to either keep it straight in your hair, but better yet, just I have my trusty pad of graph paper right there so I can just start making notes. Just write down the characters. and Okay, they're doing this, they're doing this. And just cross it off after they're doing it. I know that sounds like a bit of work, but hey, game masterings work sometimes. People put notes to remember stuff all the time on post-it notes, stick it on their screen, things like that. And matter of fact, post-it notes is a great thing to have around for something like that. So you can... So you can keep up with that and just jot a note down and put it down there. I just put like, name, they're doing this, boom. Or just on the pad, name, they're doing this, boom. And that's all you need. Just see the whole thing about game mastering. Here's the secret of game mastering is triggers, mental triggers. Write down just, and I do my prep this way too. That's why I do the the bullet point system. Write down just enough for your brain to go, oh yeah. That's right. Even if it's just keywords, I usually have to write like a sentence, and that'll get me. That'll that'll remind me and see where the story's going. And that's the same thing with this. You got to move the spotlight around, and eventually, hopefully, they will end up in the same place at the climax of the the adventure. That's not always possible. There is a way to run a fractured adventure. I just don't know how to do it. But fortunately, they all ended up at the same place. And it's got to be... Also, another thing, it's got to be a motivation where they'd all buy into it. It's a harder than a D&D thing. And you have to have semi... See, in D&D, you have to have kind of... you know, they have, The characters have to cooperate with each other. In something like Gambusters, not so much. I mean, like I said, my friend was playing, my friend Vince was playing a mobster, and he didn't care what the rest of them did. But I found a facet of the story where he did care about this happening, which the story was affecting. So it's, it's that thing. And so that's what you have to do if you don't have quite a cohesive group. If the game system doesn't encourage that, to me, Gangbusters is like a rarity there because the, the game system itself and the game genre is so much fun. But at the same time, you got to keep all your ducks in a row and things like that. So that's how you do it. You move the spotlight and take notes. That's all I can suggest. I hope that helps you. So I'm going to 
start my day. And so if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com for email. And you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. I'll take those two and I play them on the air. And we are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. And I would thank you. And thank you to my supporters, Oliver Shriek. Gilbert Soros and Mark C. Walring. And don't forget to listen to Mark C. Walring's podcast, The Yawning Owl Bear. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.